Good afternoon, friends, and welcome back. It's TJ, the weirdo with a beardo from Wings 93, with more stories of true crimes and unsolved mysteries, with True Crime Tuesday number 70, the continuation of our story of the Countess Dracula. Last week, we shared the origin story of Countess Elizabeth Bathory, born in the year 1560 in the northern Great Plains region of Hungary. Elizabeth's family was extremely rich and powerful and was basically untouchable in the eyes of the law, which meant they could pretty much do as they pleased. Now, during these barbaric Middle Ages, young Elizabeth witnessed torture, executions, and intense physical punishment at the hands of her family and their officers. Her family is also said to have been involved with Satanism and witchcraft and engaged in cruel and unusual punishments. Now, Elizabeth had a very privileged upbringing, although no amount of wealth and power were enough to prevent young Elizabeth from suffering from epileptic seizures, or as they referred to at the time, the falling sickness, which led to some very crude treatments, including drinking the blood of a non-sufferer. Now, when Countess Elizabeth was a teenager, she married Ferenc Nadushti in May of 1575. As a wedding gift, Ferenc gave his new bride a huge castle in the little Carpathian Mountains overlooking the village of Cheta. It was underneath that castle in a series of custom-built catacombs that Ferenc and his bride enjoyed the dark pleasures of torturing and killing young women for sheer entertainment. The ritualistic torture and killing of these young women continued for several decades and escalated in the year 1604 when Ferenc died of a mysterious illness while fighting in one of the many wars. Elizabeth was then left a widow with 10 castles, 17 villages, and multiple estates to oversee, making her the richest and most powerful woman in all of Hungary. But Elizabeth was left with one more thing, an insatiable lust for inflicting pain on others for her own pleasure. Before his untimely death, Ferenc selected a close friend, Georgie Thurzo, to oversee the family's estate and to take care of Elizabeth in his absence. For several years after Ferenc's death, members of Elizabeth's family became increasingly concerned about the unspeakable horrors that were allegedly being committed within the castle walls. So much so that Elizabeth's son-in-law, Nikola Zorinsky, heard the rumors and took it upon himself to begin investigating. Nikola visited the castle grounds with his hunting dogs and found human remains buried in the ground and asked Georgie Thurzo to continue investigating. After only several months, Thurzo discovered 52 witnesses who gave statements regarding the macabre acts being committed in the catacombs underneath the castle. And by the end of the following year, that number had grown to over 300. Most of the witness testimonies contained different versions of the same events, claiming that Elizabeth Bathory had been torturing and killing young women for her own amusement, and that her interest in the macabre only became worse after Ferenc's death. Now, it's said that Elizabeth developed an entourage with the same sadistic interests, one member of the group was Anna Dervulia, who some said was a witch who cast a spell over Elizabeth, causing her ravenous appetite for inflicting pain. Another member of their group was a strong, burly woman named Dorka, who was often mistaken for a man. Now, Darvulia and Dorka, along with the other members of their group, would recruit these young women from the village to work in the castle, where they were forced to work in the nude, as Elizabeth requested. The Countess led by fear and those who underperformed suffered her wrath. She would often stick sewing needles underneath her servants' fingernails, brand them with hot irons, sew their lips together, 
or use a pair of scissors to cut the delicate flesh between their fingers. Young women were forced to undergo a myriad of horrors, and nothing was too brutal for the Countess. And there became so many victims that there was no more room inside the castle walls to bury the bodies. So the Countess henchmen simply began tossing them over the castle walls, letting the wolves take care of the rest. And beginning in 1609, Elizabeth's quest for pleasure began to escalate because the surrounding villages were running out of young girls, making it hard to find new victims. So instead of searching the poor peasant girls, she turned her focus to more elite targets. Elizabeth opened a finishing school to attract young women of a higher social status. These young girls would leave home for the promise of learning how to function in high society. However, many of them would never be seen or heard from again. Now, since she was young, Elizabeth again suffered from epileptic seizures. She believed that the blood of young girls would rejuvenate her and help to ward off the symptoms of the disease. When she would become weak, she would often summer her henchlings to bring her young virgins to the bedroom, where Elizabeth would bite them, drawing blood and often taking out pieces of flesh. The bitings sparked rumors of vampirism and cannibalism, which quickly reached the surrounding villages, earning her the nickname of the Countess Dracula. By December 1610, Elizabeth's perverse deeds reached a fever pitch, and after reviewing stacks and stacks of statements against the Countess, Georgie Thurzo was given the go-ahead to arrest Elizabeth. When authorities stormed the castle, they found nine young girls imprisoned, mutilated, some dead, and some barely alive. News of the arrest spread like wildfire across the countryside. Countless villagers, peasants, and nobles who had lost their daughters to the Countess now seeked revenge. During the investigation, the Countess' henchlings were tortured and questioned until they admitted to murdering between 35 and 50 girls. By the time Elizabeth's trial began in January of the year 1611, Bathory and three of her servants were accused of torturing and murdering hundreds of women between 1590 and the previous year. At a second trial, Elizabeth Bathory was charged with the murder of 80 more young women. And although it was never formally part of his testimony, one of Bathory's court officials said that he read in one of her logbooks that she had killed approximately 650 girls, but did admit that he had personally witnessed Elizabeth kill several of her young servants. In all, over 300 people testified against her, servants, surviving victims, and hundreds of other witnesses. At the end of the trial in 1611, several of Elizabeth's cohorts were found guilty of witchcraft and burned at the stake. Another was beheaded, and a fourth was executed. Countess Elizabeth Bathory was found guilty without ever being present at her own trial, nor given the opportunity to defend herself. And once seen as untouchable, the Countess was eventually imprisoned at the castle she once called home, confined to a single room and the door walled shut, leaving only a small opening for food and air. Elizabeth would spend the next three years confined to that small room, when one night at the age of 54 she complained to the attending guard that her hands were cold. The guard instructed her to go to sleep, which she did on August 21, 1614, and never awoke. Following her death, the villagers of Cheta refused to let the Countess's body and remains be buried anywhere near, so they moved her remains to the Bathory family crypt in a neighboring village. In the ruins of Castle Cheta, now over 370 years later, there's nothing acknowledging the Countess, as though her contemporaries wished to erase any memory of her, 
Locals were even ordered not to speak her name for over 100 years after her death. And the Guinness Book of World Records named Elizabeth Bathory the most prolific female serial killer in all of history. And that is this week's True Crime Tuesday, episode number 70, The Countess Dracula. Join me each week for more stories of true crimes and unsolved mysteries. We'll see you next time.